men like Ace would lie, bro. <laughs> hey. Going on. Ace. Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great, man. Just, you know, kicking off on a Friday, about to kick off. Just happy the week's good, done. Man. Good, man. If the listeners wondering where that accent's from, Ace is from Malawi. Uh, Ace uh, is one of... Is a good friend of mine from back in the day from uni. Uh, we all, we've always had the best chin wags, the best yards, <laughs> the best chat. So I wanted to bring him on today. Yeah. To, yeah, to just catch up and talk about just like the more important things in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can stay on topic. You know what I mean? Like, Hopefully we can stay on topic, not get too outrageous, not get too uh, explicit. So um, mm, mm. anyway, Ace. What's your story, my man? What's your story? Talk, talk us through, you know, you're a young boy growing up in Malawi. You moved to Australia at, uh, in your teens. Uh, what, what brings you to where you are today? Uh, well, I was born in Malawi in like the, the, the early 90s, you know, don't want to get too specific, but like, uh, you know, really, really early 90s. And, um, you know, born in a, you know, regular, you know, two-parent household, you know, middle class. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, middle class over here, but over there it would probably be like, you know, in the top 15, 20%. Okay. Um, you know, dad was a, dad is an engineer, mom's a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, grew up mostly in Malawi, moved to Botswana, which is in Southern Africa. Yeah. I was about 10 for two years and I went back to Malawi for high school because for some reason my dad wanted me to go to this high school uh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, really nice school, but he just kind of so wanted me to learn. Was it boarding school? Yeah, boarding school. Um, okay, so you're, you're living in Botswana and go back to Malawi for boarding school? Yeah, so I moved to Botswana, you know, at the age of 10, and you know, I was about 12. Yeah. You know, just got told out of the blue, like, oh, you're going to, you know, going to high school in Malawi in two weeks. And it was kind of like shit, you know. I'd never, heard of, I'd never heard of the school, like you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they speak the same language in Botswana and Malawi? No, actually. So in Botswana they speak Setswana. I mean, self-explanatory, really. And in Malawi, yeah. uh, we speak Chewa. But Chewa. Yeah, Chewa. Okay. Is it similar? Like, did you did you have to learn a new, new language? No, the thing is, there is no. Usually, like, if you're, like, say, if you're from Greece and the next guy is from Cyprus or whatever, like, you yeah. know, um, you can have, even if you speak different languages, mm. you can have, you have some words that are similar, but, like, in this case, it wasn't because, like, I mean, they're not neighboring countries and... Right, right. Um, yeah, like, there's, there's no words that, you know, are this, mean the same thing, you know, like, there's no word, like, let's say the word for bottle, mm. it's going to be completely different in, like, you know, my native language, Chawa and... In the, in, the, um, in the Bukana language, so yeah. That's so interesting, man. Um, mm. I, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday, actually, about um, how Africa is the most genetically diverse continent in the world, right? So, yeah. As yeah. an as an example, you've got you've got Sudan, right? You've mm. got Sudan, which I think is what East Africa. Yeah, East, like yeah. Ethiopia. Yeah. Yeah, Ethiopia. Okay, there you go. So Ethiopia, and then it goes. Sudan, and then mm. it goes like Congo, and mm. those three countries are so genetically different, right? Exactly. Ethiopians kind of look a 
you know, like a hybrid between African and Middle Eastern. Like they look yeah, light yeah. skin. Yeah. Uh, and then you move over to Sudan and they're like the tallest people in the world. Tall, skinny and dark. Yeah. Yeah. Massive, d- tall, dark people. Mm. And then you move over to Kondo, Congo mm. and that's the home of the pygmy, pygmies. Yeah. Well, the, the, like the, 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 um, the general population. So yeah. I'd say most people from Congo, they look like the stereotypical you know, Negro, <laughs> you know, they look like, uh, you know, uh, a Wesley Snipes or, uh, uh, Idris Elba, you know, that's, uh, I think, that's the most, um, yeah, I think that's the most common phenotype mm. in Africa. I think that's the most common African look. Right. Um, I, I, I think, yeah. I think, Are they typically short, uh, like quite short though? Are they typically a lot shorter than? Oh, the pygmies. Yeah. Pygmies are a lot shorter. Well, yeah. Are- but what about the generic? Uh, the general kind of uh, Congo population? Um, generally, so generally, yeah, generally like middle, like the middle of Africa. Mm. Mid, like, yeah, the bit, yeah, the, the middle bit, generally they're shorter because like in Malawi, like I'm five foot six and mm. Malawi, most people like on my height. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes uh, I mean, it's it's just super interesting, man. I just literally just heard this yesterday, and you're telling me this uh, now um, that yeah. about you know the whole difference in language just reminded me. But mm-hmm. Sudan and Congo are like side mm-hmm. by side, but yeah. people could not look more different. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the way they even the way they behave. It's it's funny because like you know here in Australia, there's not a lot of uh, you know um, black people. When I say black people. You know, I'm gonna. What I mean is African people. Yeah. Okay. I'm not talking about. Um, here in Australia, it's funny because like a lot of my friends are are, are black, they're African, and um, we hang out all the time. And people would think we speak the same language, but none of us speak the same language. <laughs> we always talking in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might get this dumb, you know, this dumb bogan, and you know, for those not in Australia or New Zealand, bogan is like the uh, the word for um, redneck over over here in these and you know you get a dumb bog on a redneck you know saying you guys you know can't see you speak English you know, don't speak in your language but it's like dude what what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's it's interesting all yeah. right so so you you're, you're what twelve years old you get uh you you're in Botswana your family's in Botswana and then you get moved to Malawi hmm. um, what where to from there. So I do my high school there for five years. Mm. And um, so the distance between Botswana and Malawi is about 2,000 kilometers or so. 1,000 or, yeah, about 2,000. I think, yeah, I think that's what, right? And so my dad, my dad would come and see me like maybe once a year. Oh, wow. Um, like he would drive there, come and see me. Like he would drive his, his, his Suzu or whatever he was driving all the time. And, mm. um, but I would fly back there like twice a year. Okay. Twice a year, like just like going out for holidays and shit. But yeah, right. that was quite an interesting um, experience because you know, like our, our topic today for the listeners is actually is money by happiness, and I think this is where we start to segue into that topic. Um, that was actually quite interesting because you know that's when I first started to understand the concept of money. You know. Right. Okay. At the, at the age of thirteen, because everybody, everybody's parents lived in Malawi, and Malawi is a very small country, so. Mm. People can, you know, even if your parents live in the southern region or whatever, yeah, they can, you know, it's like five, 
five hours for them to get to where you are in the, in the northern side. And that's, that's almost the whole country. You know, so everybody's parents will be coming through every weekend. Somebody's parents will be there, give them, you know, top up, pack up money, mm. top up, you know, pizza, cereal, noodles. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, I kind, of thing, the kind of things people have in, in boarding school. And I would sort of miss out on that because, you know, I would get my, my amount for the whole semester at the mm. beginning. Mm. And I wouldn't get no top up because my, my dad's not coming. <laughs> He's not, you know, my parents are not. They can't come every weekend, you know what I mean? Right. So that was the first time I kind of understood other people having a little bit more than you. Oh, man, I empathize with you, bro. I, I, had, this, I had a very similar situation. So um, uh, when I was kind of that age, I was also sh- uh, kind of sent to boarding school in Australia. So I yeah. my family lived in Papua New Guinea. Um, mm. where I spent most of my kind of formative years. Got sent to Brisbane from Port Moresby, which is, you know, the population of Port Moresby is probably, I don't know, probably definitely less, definitely less than a million. Maybe, maybe, okay, let's say. 400,000. Let's say between 200 to 400. I know it's a broad kind of range, but it's being placed from that um, population to to a school, which is almost, you know, which at the time seems like almost as big as the city itself mm. was, uh, was quite daunting, obviously, as you can imagine for a 12 year old. Mm. And, uh, yeah. In addition to that, obviously I'd only see my parents kind of once in a blue moon while the other kids were, you know, able to go home every weekend or so. Cause they were typically from the countryside in Queensland or New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Coupled by the fact that, I don't really have much money. I had like $50 for mm. the entire um, term, which was about two months, uh, 10 weeks. Yeah, the term was well, about quantify that, like how much was $50 buying at the time? Um, okay, so this was, uh, this was a lot before inflation uh, took us to where we are today. But $50 uh, at the time, I could probably... I, I could probably go to the shops. Uh, there was a spa uh, shop down the road from our boarding school. I would, I, could, I would probably go to the shops about once every two weeks and like just buy some candy, buy you know, buy a bag of chips, mm-hmm. um, and just bring it back to the boarding house and hope that people don't you know steal it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like I leave my chocolate. I leave my chocolate in the fridge. Um, and then, yeah, and you know, there's, it's obviously a communal environment and, mm. you know, there's seniors, people a lot older than you in that environment you know, when you're in year eight, mm. you're in year 12 and, you know, um, you can't really, uh, assert yourself to, uh, to, to someone that that's that far up the food chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you at that point in time. So you just come back and you put it in the fridge and you hope that no one realizes it's yours because otherwise, <laughs> you know, if someone's hungry, uh, it's the first thing that, that, that's going to go if, if there is a violation. In yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But the boarding school. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. But so, so, so what happens after that? So you're in boarding oh. school for how many years? How, and, and how did you come to Australia and, well, today. well, before that, like, did having that fifty dollars make you happy at the time? Were you happy with that fifty dollars? Mm. 
I was at the beginning of the term. And, that, and that's interesting, bro, because uh, when I was in my teens, I, I thought $20 was a lot of money. Mm. You know, I have $20 in my wallet and feel rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like... I feel safe. I feel I mean, safe with $20 in my wallet. <laughs> now I'm like, $20, that's like, that's not even going to cover my bus fare for the week. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm forward thinking these days. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, that's, that, that's so true. Like, I mean, at the time, like, I think I was, my parents were giving me about, when I first went to school, about 7,000 Malawi kwacha, which is the local currency over there. Hmm. And at the time, the exchange rate was uh, one Malawi kwacha. I mean, 100 Malawi kwacha was about one US dollar. 100 was one US dollar. Yeah, at the time, okay. 2003. So, I, um, right. so that was about 70 US for a, a semester, which is about about the same 10 weeks. Mm. 10 weeks. 70, 70 US dollars for, okay, okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, that money was just pocket money, like to buy stuff for the cafeteria, mm. Um, mm. you know, lunch, you know, but yeah. like, obviously you had like food made for you by the school, like breakfast, lunch and dinner. But oh was- bro, I, I'd be, I'd be so hungry, man. I, I'd scavenge by the tuck shop. Um, and, uh, uh, look and, uh, for anyone who's kind of dropped a $2 coin and just have <laughs> that up and buy myself like a like, or something. The school feeding is pretty well, but the only thing is like, you know, that money, like, I started to realize what money was because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like, this is the same age that you start to realize like, oh shit, you know, females, like, you know, I, I like this girl. Like, you know, <laughs> so you start to realize, you know, you go to the tuck shop at 10, it used to be 10, 10 plus 10 every morning yeah, for a snack, you know? And I remember the guy who had like a bottle of Fanta and one donut was balling. <laughs> he was balling. He was like the king amongst kings, you know. Yeah, yeah. All the girls and a Fanta. That's it. All, it's like mm, a five star meal. <laughs> all the girls were looking at him, man. They're like, "Oh man," you know. So it became a thing to go over there and stunt. You know, it became a thing to go over there and buy, you know, one. Oh wow! Buy you know a Fanta orange, buy a Sprite, and buy three donuts, you know, and, and sit there. <laughs> Dining like a king, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. the free donuts. Yeah, but like this is one. This just kind of made me quantify money because you know that puts that in your head to say, you know what? Happiness equals girls wanting me, and me having money equals girls. Wanting me. <laughs> and that was that was my first understanding of money, like literally, in simple terms, eh? Yeah. Did you did you have anything similar to that? Um, uh not not when i was i mean look um i I don't think i was motivated by girls for a long time if i'm honest um Mm. and like yes you know money was uh at the time money wasn't an important thing in my life Mm. honestly speaking Mm. like Mm. as i said i'd have 20 dollars in my wallet if i had 20 dollars in my wallet i'd feel i'd feel good i'd feel good about myself you know i'd feel safe all that stuff. Like I can, you know, I can get to where I want. I can, you know, put this on a, on a bus ticket, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. I can get, at least I can get home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're, you're right. You're right. It wasn't, can, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I can buy a sausage roll if I want to, I can buy a, a, a meat pie if I want to kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. So $20 mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that made me, that made me feel good about myself. And I think that was like a baseline for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, later, later in life. So what your, your question is, uh, 
was there ever a motivation which was was there ever something that made you say oh this is money and this is why money is important at that age in particular like 12 13 um not not at that age bro not at that age if i'm honest um i think for me it was a lot later uh, well a fair bit later in life um i've always been I, I think in my teens i've always been pretty low maintenance i never wanted stuff for my from my parents that much from my understanding is like i had a playstation 2 and i had some games i had maybe like two or three games <laughs> and I, I was so happy with that i was like yo this will do you know this will this like i you know that's it i was a low maintenance kid mm. um and, and you know my like i, I knew I, I come from a family where you know um uh like being able to kind of look after your kids and you know each other is very important we're a close-knit yeah. family and yeah, yeah. Look, I, I knew i was look, looked after as long as i was close to my family so it, it wasn't really um it wasn't really like i needed money or i, I sensed it wasn't it. it wasn't a thing it wasn't a big deal it wasn't a big deal no i think what made it more of a big deal for me is when i started to like kind of get my own independence when i was when i finished school when i went started going to uni mm. um i remember going to europe uh, for a trip when I, in 2010, I was 20 years old at this time. Mm. And, um, I didn't take much money with me, man. Like it, it was all I saved up. It was all I saved up in like two years of working a casual job in uh, a sports shop. So mm. I, like, I, I always worked my way through college, um, through mm. uni. So first year, second year, third year, I was worked at this. Um, at first I was, I was working at city beach, um, in Brisbane city. And then second and third year, I was I was working at a sports shop in um, out in the suburbs. Right, um, right, right. And in that time, in that time, that's I mean, I, I learned a lot of valuable lessons in that time. I learned how to sell. I learned how to, you know, um, uh, interact with strangers. Had well, not really, you know, not that I was like ever terribly interacting with strangers. I, I was always pretty good, but I mm. think I, I was able to deal with strangers in the business setting and that's where i kind of learned those kind of soft skills yeah, yeah. Um, in, in jobs like that and um yeah so i saved up all my money and i thought look 20 i'm 20 years old this year i'm gonna get together with my friends and go for a euro trip mm -hmm. i did that euro trip with my friends and um without borrowing any money from my parents and and whatnot and um towards the end of the trip it was kind of like a four-week trip and towards like the end towards the end of the week we were in ibiza it was one of the most expensive places in Europe. Um, and I wanted to do the things like, you know, I wanted to, you know, go out with my friends and eat a good meal and, you know, uh, be able to pay entry to a club and drink, you know, have a good time with the club kind of thing. Mm. And uh, I wasn't able to do that to, you know, to its place. So that's when I was like, wow. You're pretty much a, you're pretty much a window shopper, like, like, like 50 cents. I was, a, I was famously said. I was completely a window shopper, bro. I was like pretending, not even pretending, man. I was like, um, I, I was genuinely sick by that point in, in the trip. I was like, not, not sick as in like um, tired of traveling, but I was like genuinely ill. Um, mm. because mm. the the trip, the way we had organized it was so full on that, you, you know, you were, it was inevitable. You're going to crash at some point. So for me, it was like that kind of, um, four week mark when I crashed yeah. and I was, it was actually fortunate because I could do nothing. I was like, boys, you go out, you have a good time. I'm going to chill in the hotel. So that's kind of what I did. Um, uh, but yeah, but at the same time, I was like, it's kind of a bummer, man. Like. 
I, yeah. I actually wish I had, like, I, I look at the window and I see all these people having a good time, you know? So, yeah, like, I, I wish I had the money to do this as well, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I think that was the first kind of um, uppercut <laughs> in life think, to be like, think, listen, man, you need to get your stuff together so you could actually, like, enjoy yourself. But I literally ran out of money at that trip. That like I had zero dollars. I had zero dollars. Mm. Um, I had to find a payphone. I had to scavenge like sixty uh, cents uh, in Europe to call mm. my mum and say, "Mum, can you please transfer me five Yeah, exactly. Careful. Uh, we careful with that. Uh, with that. Uh, with that sign, man. You know, they might think you're part of the outright or something, man. Uh, <laughs> my apologies to. <laughs> My apologies to the listeners if uh, if you thought that way. I was just saying I had zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars. Now I'm playing. Um, it's interesting that like it took you up until you need to like understand like to to get like a concept of uh, of money and uh, personal uh, feelings, you know, because I think I had it right the get go from, you know, from you call it year eight. I will call it over there. Um, you know, standard one or form one. Right. Yeah, that's what they call it. So you go to like primary school and then when you're in primary school, you start from form one to five or whatever. So anyway, okay. I had this whole um, experience with money, you know, from the tuck shop incidents to, you know, I went to high school and before I went to high school, I never really listened to any music like that. You know, mm. I was really listening to what my parents would play in the car, which 99% of the time is like Malawian gospel music. Yeah, right. You know, um, I would go to high school and everybody's listening to, this is 2003, and, you know, everybody's listening to 50 Cent in the club. Yeah. You know, and this guy is on there talking about, I got money, I got all the hoes, I got all this, and that really started to quantify everything. Yeah. You know, I was like, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. You yeah, know? that's interesting. That's interesting. Because, like, I, I never took these, I never took kind of these things literally. I did at one point. I I, I took them. Uh, literally kind of when I was in uni but before that I loved rap music I loved R&B but I never took any of that stuff literally you know what I mean man it was it was crazy it was a, it was a crazy time because I started to quantify money and alcohol really young like at the age of 15 which is like probably your year 10 so form three yeah 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 um, started to get into a couple of like one of my really good friends up to this was this day. when you were in Australia no, in Malawi. Like when, in Malawi. when did you move to Australia? How old were you? Uh, 17. So like just, I finished high school in June of 2008 and I moved mm. to Australia like the end of that month. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. I school like today and then I moved to Australia like three days later pretty much. Yeah, right. So do you, do, you think, do you think money can buy you happiness today? And if so, what are your, what, what are your triggers? Today, I would say no. Uh, back then, I would say yes. Oh, okay. That's right. interesting. That's super interesting. Tell me, tell me more. Uh, back then, as I say, like, you know, everything was happening around money, alcohol, and, you know, what kind of clothes you buy. <laughs> it, it was so bad. Materialistic time of your life, eh? Yeah. I mean, to all the <laughs> listeners, if any of you watch this TV show by Donald Glover, aka Charles Gambino, called Atlanta, there's an episode in there uh, called Fubu season two, I think episode 10 or something. Mm-hmm. And it's about this black kid in Atlanta, he goes to school, like to a black school. And uh, you know, he's wearing this FUBU shirt that his mom bought him. And another classmate is wearing a FUBU shirt as well. And the classmate is trying to figure out 
which one's fake. Right. Like, oh, you know, one of you, you know, one of y'all, you know, got a, a fake FUBU shirt. Yeah. You know? And they kept, they investigated it the whole episode, like the other, you know, high schoolers. And by the end of um, the episode, the guy who was found to be wearing a, a fake FUBU shirt committed suicide because of all the teasing that he's wearing a fake FUBU shirt. Oh, wow. So I watched that episode and I was laughing. And that's crazy. Like, this is exactly how it is in high school. It was for me in high school because... Wow, that's crazy. You know, so that's the quantification of status, money, and happiness. Okay. So back then, you know, I would have said yes because all those things would have made me happy. They have that FUBU shirt. I had a Rockerwear shirt when I was yeah. 15 and... I remember. That's crazy, man. For for me, it's a it's the opposite, bro. It, it it like it it didn't matter to me back then, but it does so much now, kind of. Thing. It does now because you know what? Everything now is pressure. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 know you can buy yourself out of pressure. You can buy yourself out of stress now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be having a fight with your with your with your, with your fiance or something, like girlfriend or your your wife, you know, and. You know, if you've got $10,000 in the bank to spend the next two days, that really doesn't matter as much. <laughs> like, you know, because... It, it, Wait, just, what doesn't matter as much? The, the fact that you're having, matter. like, everything else happening in life doesn't matter as much because when you grow up, when you're an adult, as they say, like, you kind of have to look out for yourself. So that's a big reason why money almost buys, I would say, it buys 75% of happiness today. Yeah, but you said for yourself it doesn't, right? Yeah, it buys 75% of it, but like, it's just now in this, you know, in, at this age, yeah. that other 25% is just so much more significant. Oh, okay. Tell me more. I wanna, I wanna hear about this. So, so why, why does it not buy you happiness? Tell me. Well, I mean, growing up, like, I mean, like here, living here in the West, I think the reason why you, you, you talked about going to um, Ibiza, yeah and uh you know by the way plug to listeners i got a mixtape coming out malawi to ibiza not miami to ibiza but malawi to ibiza um okay. <laughs> i'm kidding but uh as i was saying well, um, i'll link it up if you want it if you want <laughs> to drop the link in bio yeah um but i was saying i think the reason for you why you went to ibiza and you didn't really understand money up until then is because you grew up in a country where people don't really stress about money as much yes I went to a private school, bro. I'm a private school kid. Um, well, I mean, I, w- I wasn't like a typical private school kid. I was literally coming from um, you know, Port Moresby, which is like, you know, if I, like I-, I wasn't immersed in it, but mm-hmm. you-, you ever go to Port Moresby, you'll see violence. You'll, you know, you'll hear of someone who's been, who's had their house robbed. You know, you'll hear gunshots and all of that stuff. Like it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. ghetto. I mean, I've been to Vanuatu. Is it similar to Vanuatu? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's different, bro. I think it's. I think it's pretty. It's a lot more aggressive than Vanuatu. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so look, I wasn't immersed in that. I didn't kind of run the streets, so to speak. But uh, you know, I, I, I have observed it. I've been an observer in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like obviously, I went. I went to school with this. You know, with the same kids, and mm-hmm. had a very similar kind of upbringing. Although I was. Um, uh, I lived in a compound, which is like, you know, um, kind of a, uh, a, com- a compound is like a gated community. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I, I was kept well clear of that, of, of that kind of stuff. Do you feel I, that I'm you're... A, I'm observant. So, sorry? 
Do you feel that your colleagues, your friends, when you're in Port Moresby, your your Papua New Guinean um, friends, do you mm. feel like their financial status made them less happier overall? No, not at all, man. Not at all. Because as I said, I, well, I don't know, I don't know what it what things are like today. But as I said, at that time, to me or to any of my friends, mate, as long as we had a soccer ball um, or, or a PlayStation, someone had a PlayStation, um, it didn't even have to be mine. I could just go to someone's house and play PlayStation. Like, I'm happy, bro. As long as I've, you know, like, I didn't even think about, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about money, man. Like, and look, I, I've been fortunate in the way I've kind of grown up and like, you know, obviously, I've always had kind of food on the table, and, and likewise, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've always been lucky in that sense, um, and and as I said, I've observed uh, the other side as well. People who who were kind of less fortunate growing up in poverty and and so on. I've, it's not like I you know I've been completely spoon fed and sheltered all my life. I, I have observed it, although I haven't immersed in it. But um, but yeah, so that's why I say I'm not a you know typical kind of private school kid. I don't I don't put myself in that category. But um, but yeah, I've got you know I've got respect for uh, you know I've got I've got respect for kids who who've been punching the mouth early in their lives. You know what I mean? <laughs> for that, honestly. You know what? Kids need to be punched in their mouth early in their life to learn that life's not sweet. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. You gotta learn some hard lessons. You know, like people, you know, kids can obviously a basic you know, probably not the best example, but mm. uh, but bullying is an example that um, is common. Probably everyone's everyone that you and I speak with mm. has either been bullied or has bullied someone in their lives, mm. right? Mm. I've been bullied, I have bullied. Mm. Okay, mm. I've done both. Mm. Um, and, and you know that that being said, I think I think um, I have it a lot better than the people who um, never got bu- or like you know got bullied a lot less than me. You know what I mean? Like just the mental strength that it built throughout those formative years um, has it benefits me today a lot more than um, you know. I, I feel like those, those people that got bullied more back then they have the more they've got the. Um, they were more of a mental fortitude to deal with money issues as adults rather than people that had life cruisy as young people. Because I feel like this question of money and happiness is like intrinsically um, related to, you know, responsibility. So when you're younger, money, like it makes things happier. Yes, but it's not such a worry. It's not, you know, equals happiness. It's like, you know, those equations where they have money, they have, they have A mm. equals, and then there's like a backslash through the equals. Mm. Mm-hmm. So A backslash equals B. Mm-hmm. That's when you're a child, where like it could be or it could not be. And mm. then when you're an adult, like, sorry, when you're an adult, I think that's the right way to say that word. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, my dad's pronunciations, you know, comes out. Yeah, my, the way my dad says things. But anyway, uh, every now and again, like when you're growing up and stuff, you money almost, almost straight up equals happiness because you're responsible for everything. My sister tagged me in this thing on Instagram yesterday that I think is really relevant. Um, it was this meme and the meme says, you know, I get paid and I think these can't be the same bills that my parents were paying. Mm. 
because everything just seems so overwhelming. Like, you know, you got car registration this week and it's like a huge chunk of your paycheck. And next mm. week, you know, electricity. And then the other week is gas. And then the other week is water and then internet and rent. And you're like, how? But well, your parents probably weren't getting paid as much as you either. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, and they still made it, they made it better than I have. <laughs> like, yeah, like, look, you know, I, I, think, I think our previous generation, at least my previous generation, has, um, you know, been really good at being frugal. Mm, mm, you know, the, the very low maintenance. And as a result, I think some of that kind of got passed down to me. I don't think I was a very high maintenance kid at all. Mm, um, mm, I, you know, I, I, I would you know, unless I was desperate, like I'm like stranded in Ibiza, I wouldn't mm. really call up my mum and ask her for money. I wouldn't, right? Mm. Um, I'd always take public transport to wherever I go, whether it's a school event, after school, uh, weekend. I'd always take public transport. So, you know, like I, 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 was, just low, I was just low maintenance like that, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, so that being said, I, I just, I, I think, I, I think people get involved in expenses because at the end of the day, it's about your margin, right? You mm. compare what you're getting paid versus your expenses. And mm. it's, it's your margin that will, you know, determine um, the quality of life that you live. Mm. Right. Um, I think a lot of people, like my opinion, I think a lot of people probably uh, get into too many expenses too early. Mm. And they can't manage. And they can't manage. I think as a generation where we, we are... Um, I hate to say it because I, you know, um, I think it's a good, it's a blessing and a curse, but I think we are uh, a bit more impatient as a generation. Like we want to get the house, you know, yesterday. We want to get the car yesterday. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and, and I've had these feelings before, bro. Like, mm. you know me, I've, I've had these kind of thoughts in the past as well. But right now, uh, I think, I don't know. I, I, again, I could have a different revelation, which is completely you know, uh, opposite to this. And I change my mind all the time. Mm. But right now I feel like, you know, patience is the, the key. As long as you're working hard and you're patient, um, you know, See, money. You're saying, you're saying that you can reach happiness with working hard, patience, and just a direct vision to your goal. Is that what you're... Um, I think you can reach happiness with, uh, living within your means and working hard and making sure you've got a big margin. So if you're, for example, if you're living in Malawi, mm. right, mm. um, you know, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe your quality of life is way different to if you were living in Brisbane, but see that's. I think your margin, I think at the end of the day, your margin is the same. You know, uh, if, you're, yeah. if you're an upper middle class, if you're an upper middle class guy in Malawi versus a middle class guy in Brisbane, your margin is probably the same, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe not Malawi, maybe Malawi is not the best, best example because I don't know much about Malawi. Mm -hmm. Let's just say if you're an upper middle class guy from, uh, okay, I know India, mm -hmm. so you're an upper middle class person in India or Papua New Guinea mm. um, and or you and you're a middle-class guy in Brisbane um, as long as your margin is the same uh, obviously your quality of life will be different but I think I think that your margin is the main thing that that comes into play into into determining determining how happy you wouldn't life. be uh, your quality of life in general mm, 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 mm. I think I think I think I think that's correct man I think it's um, 
I think the less expenditure you have, mm-hmm. you know, the more the, the more money management that you have. If you're managing your your money pretty well, you know, and everything is in life, you know, relationships, friends, um, you know, work, if, and everything else in life is going pretty smoothly. I think yeah. you can achieve a good level of happiness, you know, but if you're not managing your money well and everything in, in life is going great, you, I think you're still going to be short of happiness there. That's what I think. I think it's like, it's a very, it's a very, um, sensitive balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? I think it's, I think it's up to the, um, actually I just remembered, I, I read something on Instagram yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago. It was by a guy called Ramit Sethi. who's a, uh, is meant to be like a financial expert. Uh, he he wrote a book called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" or something, mm-hmm. something like that, right? And uh, so he's a finance guy. His uh, his whole so this article that he uh, wrote was about identifying your money pillars. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that makes you happy? Like, is it convenience? Is it nice clothes? Is it good food? Is it you know what what is it exactly? So he was giving an example of for him. It's convenience, mm. right? So he's got an assistant, he's got a personal trainer, and he's got a personal chef. Um, and he takes, a, takes an Uber everywhere, for example, right? Mm. And he is una- unapologetic about, like, uh, about that area of his life because it's convenience. It's by him convenience. Mm. So his opinion is that if, you're, uh, if you identify your, your main kind of triggers, mm. and you're unapologetic unap- about that, Mm. Yes, you can use money to buy yourself happiness. I think that, I think okay, I think I like that. I like that. Like if you identify your triggers and you learn how to manage them. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So like even you know for you, if it's like having like branded clothes, like not you, but I'm just saying like anyone mm, listening, yeah. anyone listening, if 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 it's even if it's like you know a a nice jacket, like I don't know, um, I'm not a fashion guy. Um, I don't know, Calvin Klein jeans, right? Mm. If that's your trigger, then, you know, be an unapologetically, you can buy your uh, Calvin Klein jeans and that's all you wear. And that'll keep you happy. And I feel bad about it. I mean, I agree with that. It doesn't matter if you're materialistic or not. Like a lot of, I'm sure people will bring up the argument about like, oh, why are you using money to buy material things? Yeah. Uh, You know. I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's each to their own. I think people can make, you know, decide what their own triggers are without being ashamed of it. Uh, so I think the, the conclusion that we've reached is that it's triggers, and you know, your your personal triggers outside of money, and a little bit of, I guess, managing your money mm. well. Yeah, you yeah, like, I think so. I think so. Like, uh, well, uh, you know what? I think it's. I think it depends on uh, your triggers and also your income. So, for example, if your trigger is, you know, um, having, a, um, having a Lamborghini or a Mercedes, mm. you know, but you're not, you haven't got the income to afford that, mm. you probably won't be happy. If you're earning half a million dollars a year and, and you want to buy a Mercedes, fine, knock yourself out, you, will, you probably will be happy. It'll probably give you a lot of, lot of happiness. Mm, 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 mm. that's true that's very true i mean what do you think your triggers are 
my triggers it's not material things like i think the things that trigger me is just people not understanding people doing things in malice that's what triggers me no i but like for i think like it, that's not a lifestyle thing though is it not necessarily but like it's my trick like i can be happy i think right now like i think i'm for example right now i think i'm a very good um space financially yeah um everything in my life's going well um but something that triggers me from time and time again is like when let's say like a friend does something out of malice oh really you know when people do things out of malice like just not a friend but anybody like yeah, you, yeah 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 that that's that that's what triggers me but i think i can manage that um just being selective where like you know of my environment you know so mm. I think so how do you buy yourself out of that experience? You just got to pick who you hang around. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh it is it, it, it's sort of like a deep conversation. We could probably have a chat about like the whole people doing things in malice topic in a different episode, but it's 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 definitely the one thing that's keeping me from being completely happy. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's interesting, bro. Well, I mean, you did mention at the beginning that, um, you know, money is not a huge factor in your life at the moment in terms of buying you happiness. But I mean, I'm not saying I'm rich. I'm not rich at all. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. Yeah, you're like you're content. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. So... Well, that's good, bro. That's uh, that's great. Uh, I think I think for me, uh, my my trigger is probably uh, health probably fitness uh, and also convenience, right? So, um, you know, I think I'm too, uh, like, I think one of the things that stresses me out is I'm too apologetic about, you know, spending on anything, really, spending on good food, spending on my, you know, spending on health, spending on, you know, like I should be, I should unapologetic, I keep butchering that word. (laughs) I should unapologetically, be able to take a CrossFit class without take without feeling guilty and not think, oh, I've got a gym membership. Why am I doing CrossFit? Mm-hmm. Should be able to do those kind of things. Sometimes it's good to be a little bit selfish, man. That's I think that's the thing about money as well. Like you gotta yeah. be a little bit selfish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, if there's anything I got out of this conversation, it's that <laughs> should uh, should feel a little bit more entitled about you know protecting what my triggers are. And, uh, you know, if it's health and fitness, if it's material things, if it's uh, convenience, if it's good food, mm-hmm. if it's luxury, mm-hmm. um, then I think, you, yeah, I think you just need to be able to, as long as you're able to manage that lifestyle. Um, manage your lifestyle, be, manage your money, and, you know, I think happiness. To be unapologetic. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you manage your money, manage your lifestyle, and, you know, happiness is within, um, within reach. Yeah, bro. Yeah. What does your dad think of this topic? My dad's very traditional, man. He, uh, very traditional. He, he's yeah. just, yeah, just, just about, he, he, he's, he's happiest when he's got, you know, when he can help other people and he's got enough money. So, mm. you know, he, he's all right. He's, uh, I think he's happy in life. Mm. Mm. He, he, I think his triggers are, I think his triggers is when, I think his triggers are people not making the right decisions everything that he does is calculated and well thought out it's never anything on a whim 
Mm. I think that's how he manages to maintain a, self, a sense, a, a level of happiness that doesn't vary and vary very wildly. You know what I mean? So sorry, how 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 is that? Uh, by just always making informed decisions, whether where he's gonna go, okay. to, everything is always thought out. It's never, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's discipline. There's no freestyle. <laughs> you know, no freestyle. Just all discipline. No, no, sixteen bars. You know, <laughs> straight, straight, straight written. You know, <laughs> straight written. Yeah, yeah, um, man. But um, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make headway. I got some guests. All right, brother. Thank um, you for uh, tuning in, man. Thank you for joining in. Um, uh, I was happy to do this. True topic, but um, I think we killed it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy to do this. I've, I've got my own podcast that I'm trying to set up. Yeah. But I want to do this for, for experience and uh, hopefully you can be an ongoing thing every now and then, different topics. So, you know, as you say, we always have good, good conversations, you know, you and I. Yeah, bro. Listen, man, if you qualify me to jam on yours, I'm more than happy. But um, all right, all right, definitely. I'll leave you to it, bro. Enjoy your Friday night and um, yeah, can't wait to see you. All right, have a great weekend. Uh, we'll discuss the rest offline, man. <laughs> <laughs> no filters. I thought this was pretty no filtered, but yeah, all right, man. All yeah, good. Cheers. I'll catch up with you. See ya.